fun. Let's begin at Luke 8. Amen. I say we're going to get it all done. We're going to get done what we need to get done tonight. Amen. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Amen. Luke, the eighth chapter. Continuing our study on the subject of faith. Amen. And um, we're talking about faithmatics. Hallelujah. And um, we said that uh, faithmatics involved the um, readiness, willingness, and eagerness to learn, think, and do things by faith. And um, so as students of faithmatics, we're becoming faithmaticians. And a faithmatician is someone with extensive knowledge and skills in the use of faith to solve otherwise impossible life problems. And I just want to encourage you tonight that your faith will change the unchangeable, it'll stop the unstoppable, it'll do the impossible. Amen. Amen. The faith that you've been given will do everything that Jesus' faith did. That's one of the reasons he said the works that he did we would do also because every work he did, he did as a man in right standing with God full of the Holy Spirit by faith. Amen. And so now we've been given right standing before God in the eyes of God as a gift. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've become one with God's Spirit. And we've been given the measure of faith. Amen. And so we're growing and developing in these things. I am believing um, for uh, just supernatural growth for us this year in this area of faith. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I, I'm just, again, so many things on top of my heart tonight, but you know the Bible says that a genuine faith is more precious than gold. It, it, is, it, is, a, it is a beautiful, precious, valuable thing. Jesus asked the question, would he find faith when he returned to the earth? And how many of you know Jesus doesn't just ask, you know, silly questions for no reason? In other words, when he asked that, it was, he recognized that, you know, this is a, a possibility, amen, that, um, that he would not find um, the kind of faith, amen, that, that he would love to find, amen. And so my prayer is that he would find it right here. Find it everywhere, but that he would find it right here among us, amen. A genuine faith, a precious faith. So one of the things the Lord has instructed us to do is to, is to study um, these different areas in the Scriptures where we see faith at work. Because if we can see faith working in other people's lives, we can learn from that and understand better how it is supposed to work in, in our lives. Um, other people who have gotten results through faith, um, we can learn from their examples so that we can get results through faith. That, that's pretty simple and straightforward. Now, what we've been focused on, and we really haven't gotten past <laughs> the first one yet, um, are the different uh, situations, uh, scenarios in the scriptures where Jesus pointed specifically to faith, and he would say to an individual, or it was implied to, the, to an individual, um, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. In other words, not Jesus saying, I just made you whole, be thankful. Not, I just healed you. No, he said, your faith 
accessed something and Jesus was emphasizing that, not just for them and not just for the people that were present, but for me and you. Now, let's begin in verse 41. Luke, the 8th chapter, in verse 41. It says, uh, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue, fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, Jesus went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, this is recorded in three, as I've already mentioned to you before, this account is recorded three different times in the Gospels. And so I would encourage you to look at, because each one includes details that the, that the others do not. One detail is that he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him. And Jesus agreed to go and to heal the girl. Now... We see, though, that as Jesus was trying to get to Jairus' house, he was being thronged. Literally, people trying to get to him, um, and almost to the point of crushing him. Um, it, it, it had become dangerous, if you will. Uh, people pressing, and again, not because he had just won the Super Bowl or because he had, you know, written some pop album that had soared to platinum sales. He wasn't a rock star. They were trying to get to him because of the miracles, because of the healings. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? Now, from time to time, I am tempted to just preach the same sermon more than once, and I was tempted to preach the sermon we preached on the 18th again tonight. That's how important I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to us um, really is, okay, in these things. I'm not going to do that tonight. We're going to build on it, though. But remember what we've been talking about, the 18th and the 11th. We were talking about the difference between a general faith versus a specific one. And... Whatever you may think about it or however you may try to rationalize it or say it's not fair or what have you, you need to set all that aside. And we, again, we're becoming faithmaticians. We're, we're here to learn. And we see that there were a whole bunch of people, I'm not going to use the word touched because that's the key word here, but I'm, I, I'm not splitting hairs, but there were a lot of people who made physical contact with Jesus hoping that something might happen in their lives. In other words, they were clamoring around him, mobbing him, trying to get to him, to touch him, in hopes that something might happen good for them. But nothing happened. All of those people are, are what I'm calling people who had a general faith. They believed that Jesus had the ability to heal. They didn't know if he was willing to heal them. They didn't know if he was ready to heal them. But they know based upon other people who had received healing from him that, you know, maybe, just maybe, if we can touch him today, something good will happen for us. 
Nothing. So there's a difference between thronging and touching. Okay? Probability throngs, faith touches. This woman, she wasn't, her faith wasn't general and universal. It was specific and personal. Okay? It's really, really important. So much so that when she touched him, healing flowed from Jesus into her. Now, let me stay focused here for a moment. Verse 46, but Jesus said, somebody touched me for I perceive power going out from me. Do you realize Jesus doesn't even know who it was yet? He just knows that healing left him and went in to somebody who just accessed that healing power that he had by faith. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, there's a few things that I just want to lay a little bit of groundwork for and we'll come back and develop in greater detail next Wednesday night, okay? What did she say within herself? Now, if we, um, praise God, if we, if we look at, um, let me see, I've got it here in my notes. This is where we have to go to um, another record of this account, right? But what we see from Matthew's version, I say version, his eyewitness testimony of this, is that she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And there's a key word here, and that word is only. And this is where, again, a lot of people never go from a general faith to a specific faith in the sense that they always, the, the if-onlys are always applied to God. Let me, I was, I was trying to think of a better way to, a more thorough way to explain this. Okay. How many people sat in their houses while Jesus passed by saying to themselves, if only Jesus would knock on my door and heal me. If only Jesus had a word for me. If only Jesus would take some time out to help me. See, notice there is a general faith in that people who thought that way recognized that Jesus had the ability to help them, right? But notice now, the if only, the only here was something that didn't involve them, but they kept saying, it, it, it's him, if he would do, if he would. Remember the little boy that, that, the, that, that um, wanted, his dad wanted the devil cast out of him, and he said, Jesus, if you can do anything, 
help us. And Jesus said, it's not if I can do anything, it's if you can believe. Okay. Now, let me, let me come back to this. But if we... Um, I don't have them in my, I don't have, I'm not going to find them to put them on the screen, but let me, uh, thank you, Jesus. Let's, um, I was in Luke 7, incorrectly. Picking it up in um, verse 49. Okay, so again, I don't, I'm not going to find these to put them in the screen. Verse 49, while he was still speaking, Someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. There's that word again. Only believe. And she will be made well. Only means that and nothing else. The woman's specific personal faith was only thing needed for me to be healed of a 12-year chronic terminal illness is to touch the hem of his garment. Notice she didn't say, you know, the only thing I need to do is get Jesus to put a hand on me. See, now notice, that means she believes in order for her to be healed, there's something else Jesus has to do. She recognized there was nothing He had to do for her to be healed, only something she had to do to be healed, and that was to believe. And her faith said, if the if only thing needed is for me to lay hold of the hem of His garment, specific, personal, and we see that her faith made a connection that enabled healing to flow into her. So here's that word, and again, this is the part I want to I build on more next week, but, but this only word here, Jesus looks at this man and he says, only believe. In other words, if, if he did anything other than believe right now, it was going to stop this miracle. Only believe. Now, I believe receiving this miracle powerfully demonstrates the difference between general faith and specific faith. The crowds that thronged Jesus believed He could heal. Many of them had seen Him do it before. So they thronged Him to see if, see there's the if, if touching Jesus, making personal contact with Him might, all caps, do something for them or to them. The woman had a completely different mindset, a completely different approach. How many folks have a faith that says, if only Jesus would, amen, and that is preventing them. You love me tonight? It's preventing them from receiving what He has already done for you and for me. The general faith crowd said, I will touch him to see if Jesus 
will heal me. The woman with the issue of blood did not say, if Jesus, her faith said, if I. If I. Lots of people made contact with Jesus that day, believing He had the power to heal, but did not receive healing. It was this woman and the nature of her faith that enabled her to receive when others did not. The uniqueness of this miracle and the way it was received provides extremely important insight on the subject of faith. I'm just reading to you from some of my personal thoughts and notes. I thought this might be the best way to to do this, this section tonight. Who did she ask? This is important because the answer is clear. She didn't ask anyone for healing. What does this tell us about the power and importance of faith? What does this tell us about healing and Father's desire for us to be healed? What does this tell us about the availability of healing? What does this tell us about the accessibility of healing? This woman did not ask for healing. She took her some. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 12. It says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Let me give you this same passage from two other translations. First of all, the Passion Translation. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. This woman took hold of its power. Here is the, from the Weiss New Testament. Indeed, from the days of John the baptizer until this moment, the kingdom of heaven is being taken by storm, and the strong and forceful ones claim it for themselves eagerly. See, she wasn't sitting around waiting for Jesus to come do something for her. If only Jesus would help me. If only Jesus would come to me. If only Jesus... No, no. She said, no, no. If only I touch Him. Now, I, I know sometimes, you know, I dig a little deep. But I'm going to keep digging here. We got this, there's, there's treasure in this field. Jesus did not decide to heal this woman nor did he choose to heal this woman. If this woman had not fought her way through that crowd and laid hold of him by faith, she would have died from that illness. He didn't choose it, he didn't decide to do it, and yet she was healed just the same. The woman with the issue of blood receiving healing because of her faith disproves the lie that unless Jesus decides to heal you, you're not going to be healed. Jesus wasn't going to her house or her town to heal her. She made the decision to believe. She made the decision to act. She made the decision to receive. Jesus was actually surprised when healing virtue left him and flowed into her. I think a lot of people have a concept, listen to this very carefully, I think a lot of people have a concept that goes something like this, and we've got to change this concept, but they have a concept of presenting a healing application, waiting for it to be approved, funded, and dispersed like office supplies in a large corporation. See, you work for a big company 
and, and you need a roll of scotch tape, you need a tube of whiteout, and you need a printer cartridge for your printer. You fill out the forms in triplicate, you submit them up the supply chain, you wait for somebody to approve your request, for the funds to be uh, assigned, for the purchase to be made, and two weeks later somebody shows up with a little box that's got your stuff in it. And that's how I think a lot of people view receiving from God. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna submit the application, maybe somewhere about that Four days later, you, 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 know, you call somebody and you say, hey, you know, just checking on my scotch tape. <laughs> somebody at the water cooler, you're sitting there, you know, and you say, man, I asked for some whiteout, you know, five days ago. Can you believe it's taken this long? I'll be glad when somebody will get me what I need so I can do my job. So that's, how, that's see, it, it, this, this idea, you know, that, that, that people have when it comes to receiving something from God. We're going we're gonna to submit the application. We're going to wait for it to become our I've heard preachers talk about it, right? One of these days, it's going to be your turn for your thing from your God. Boy, it sounds good, right? So now we're waiting. If only, if only, if only somebody in, in corporate, right? Would, would realize that we need some tape and some printer ink and some whiteout down here. Healing is yours. It's provided in Christ and according to a woman who had been sick for 12 years, it can be accessed by faith without asking you don't have to get approval. You don't have to wait for it to be funded because it's already been bought and paid for. What if you work for a corporation that had a big supply closet full of printer ink, full of whiteout, full boxes and boxes of scotch tape, and they said to you, anytime you need something, go to the closet and get it. It's yours. See, we, we've been looking at this thing as we've we got to su submit the paperwork and wait for approval. Do you realize how far ahead of her time this woman was? She didn't see it that way. I believe she knew something about Isaiah 53. By his stripes we are healed. She didn't ask to be healed, nor did Jesus sign off on it. Her faith received healing straight from the source. All right, let's praise God. I don't know if we've got time to do this. We're going to try. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. Come on, you got a few minutes? Mark chapter 7. 
Now, let's make it clear, okay? We're learning about faith. We're talking about healing. But you receive deliverance. You receive salvation. You receive financial uh, breakthrough and miracles. Any, anything you need, you receive it the same way. We're just we're using healing. Here, we're going to talk about another situation where there's a child that's possessed with the devil and a mama that's trying to get some help. Mark chapter 7 and verse number 24. Let's begin. Uh, yeah, verse 24. From there he arose, speaking of Jesus, and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. Jesus go out into the middle of the desert trying to get a little quiet time and a long time to teach his disciples some things, and folks would follow him out there and find him. We see in John the 6th chapter where people rode, I think it was 11 miles, in a boat to try to find him. The more I look at this, the more I'm convinced that the reason Jesus was walking on the water was the only place he could walk where nobody else could follow him. I don't know, I like to walk and pray. I don't know about you, I like to walk and pray. I don't know how many laps I've walked around this sanctuary. I like to walk and pray. I'm, I imagine Jesus probably liked to walk and pray. Michael, you probably like to ride your bike and pray. I mean, everywhere Jesus go for a walk to pray, next thing you know, 5,000 people be there wanting to be healed. I believe one day he's down by the water, walking by the water, praying, you know. I like to pray on the beach, you know, walk around the beach. Pray. I believe he's like, you know what? <laughs> they can't follow me out here. <laughs> And there he goes, right? So he's in this house. He doesn't want anybody to know it. Too late. He could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. And she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek. A Syrophoenician by birth. Think Syria and Phoenicia. Okay? Syrophoenician by birth. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Now what are we doing? We're, we're looking at Specific cases in the scriptures where either Jesus clearly stated your faith made you whole, your faith made you well, your faith produced the result that you're experiencing right now, where he either states it directly or he implies it. Here, it's not directly stated, but it's implied. It's implied how? For this saying, 
Go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. So here's another situation where someone's faith made a connection with divine power and produced a miraculous answer. If you look at it carefully, the demon did not leave the little girl because of what Jesus said or did. The demon left the little girl because of what her mama said and did. Jesus didn't tell that demon to go. Jesus didn't say, would somebody put me a plate in the microwave? I'm going to go cast the, woman, the devil out of this, for this woman worries the hair off all our heads. I'm going to go cast the devil out of her daughter and I'll be back. It's not what he said, right? Jesus didn't tell the devil to go. It wasn't because of something Jesus said. I know there's lots of different ideas about you know, what Jesus was doing and, and potentially being offensive to this woman. Listen, there was not a mean, condescending, judgmental bone in his body. The more I look at this, the more I'm convinced he was talking to her because he was trying to coax faith out of her. Now, this passage is also significant because of the context and perspective Jesus gives us on healing. What is that context and perspective? He said it was children's bread. Come on now. He said, he said it was children's bread. Children's bread. Not rocket science. Not brain surgery. Children's bread. We'll look at it next week, but in Numbers 14, when they were going to take possession of the promised land, ten of the spies said, there's no way we can do it. Joshua and Caleb, remember what they said? We can go up at once and take what's ours. Those giants are bread to us. We would say it this way, piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. Jesus is saying healing is a piece of cake. When he said it's children's bread, he's saying it's a no-brainer. This is on the same level of a loving parent giving a hungry child something to eat. It's a piece of cake. It's a no-brainer. Let me give it to you from the Passion Translation, and then we'll be dismissed. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, from the Passion Translation. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be open for you. 
For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asks for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when he asks for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your Heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? Healing is the children's bread. And this was the faith, the specific personal faith of the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't view healing as something to only be asked for and given to a select group of people who had somehow done enough good to earn it or deserve it or pay for it. She viewed it in alignment with how it really is, the right context, the right perspective. She viewed it as something that was already hers. When it comes to a child that's hungry, we don't have to have a board meeting. We, you don't have, well, you know, I'm going to have to talk to your father about this. I don't know if we can, you know, I mean, it may be a few days where we can... You know, if we got food and the kid's hungry, we're going to give the kid some food. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? It's, it, it's not hard. We're talking about something that's very simple, something that's very basic. A child is hungry. There's bread enough to spare. A loving parent giving a hungry child some bread to eat. Jesus said that's how we need to understand the giving of healing and the receiving of healing. Amen. Now see, the devil is the one who wants to complicate all this. The enemy is the one who wants to, you know, if only Jesus and if only this and if only that. I believe, Matt, think about this for a minute. I believe the reason Jesus, it says he answered Jairus, but we have no record of Jairus saying anything. I believe Jesus, as was the case in different situations, either by the Holy Spirit or just because Jesus knew what was in men, the Bible says. I believe Jesus knew, in other words, he was answering an inaudible thought. He was answering something that, that was in Jairus' mind, and Jesus answered it before Jairus vocalized it. And I believe it was an, an if-only thought. 
I believe it went something like this. If only I'd went to get Jesus yesterday. If only this woman hadn't have stopped him. If only we had gotten there in time. If only, you see what I'm saying? I believe those were, how could they not be? I mean, you're just given this devastating report. Your daughter's dead, you know, you, you're too late. It's not going to work, you know. And, right? So, this woman who just got through saying, If only I touched the hem of his garment. Now, Jesus answered him. The Bible says he answered Jairus, but we have no record of Jairus audibly saying anything. Or, I don't know, I, I, I talk sometimes about my imagination. This is how I believe the Holy Spirit has, has shown it to me. I believe Jesus reached up and took him on either side of his head and said, Look at me. Look at me, locked eyes with him. Only believe. Only believe. Believe in nothing else. Believe in nothing else. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know what your standing in faith for. I don't know what you have sent your faith out in the field to do for you in your life. But listen to me. I, I want you, and th this is what I'm learning. And it's this case with anything with God. It, it was, when you step out there to try, that's when he, that's when he comes alongside he didn't say, I'm going to preach the gospel to the world. Why don't y'all come go with me? He said, you go and I'll go with you. In other words, initiative. See, if we sit around and wait until we get this all figured out before we try to do anything with it, we're not ever going to figure it out. Because the only way you'll ever grow in this, the only way you'll ever develop in this is by stepping out there. So, Here's your assignment, blossoming faithmaticians, for this week. Only believe. O only believe. When the if only thoughts, man, if only I'd been raised in church, if only I had parents like Pastor Mark, if only, if only, no, no, uh, uh, that's, uh, uh, I'm not going there anymore. Only, I'm only believing. Doing anything but believing. I'm going to practice that. I'm, I'm practicing only believing. Man, when the devil starts trying to tell you, you ain't ever going to amount to nothing. You, you, you're not ever going to pay all them debts off. You're not ever going to, you know, just the court cost alone. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, only believe. Only believe. Only believe. I choose to only believe. You start worrying about, you know, Stuff going crazy in the Middle East. and all right, I hope you're praying for our president. I, I, hope, I hope you're praying for our president. I'm not here to get all political. You need to pray for our president. I, I'm telling you, if, if you have the least amount of, of confidence in me, I, I believe he's being used by God. I believe he's being used by God. And I've said that before and I've got people upset with me. Pray for our president. 
there are things there are things in our world that have been talked about and tolerated for too long. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, we've had a whole myriad of presidents from both parties talk a pretty good talk when it comes to Israel, but not, not walk the walk. We finally got a presence. You know what? We've talked about this and talked about this and talked about this. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Move our embassy there and let's acknowledge that. See what I'm saying? My friend, we, we have put up with a bully in the Middle East since 1979. It's all political. It's all political. If a different president, maybe not even from a different party, but just somebody different from him had done what he did with the Soleimani guy, they couldn't brag and pat him on the back enough. Sorry, I got... Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of innocent people, not just Americans, have died because people who had the ability and the resources to make a difference have chosen not to. Father, we pray for our government. We pray for our, our president. We pray for our military, Father. They're in harm's way. Father, I believe that, that we are a peaceful nation, and I know that some would snicker at the thought of that. But Father, I thank you that decisions are, are being made and actions are being carried out, Lord, to prevent nuclear armament in the hands of leaders who have vowed to remove Israel from the face of the earth. Father, I thank you for giving our leaders wisdom. Father, for protection for those, Lord, who are on the front lines defending us and defending people in these other nations, Lord. May we be a noble people, Father. May other peoples be blessed by this nation. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing among us, what you're doing in us. Father, that you're helping us see faith and receiving by faith. 
from a perspective and in a context, Lord, that maybe we haven't seen it in before. Father, that you have already given, you have already done, you have already spoken. There's no questioning your ability, there's no questioning your willingness, and there's no questioning your readiness. You are ready, you are willing, you are able. We don't have to ask if you're ready. We don't have to, have to ask if you're able. We don't have to ask if you're willing. You're willing, you're able, you're ready. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you for helping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. Good things coming. Good things coming.